Welcome to The Local, brought to you by Fairhaven Wealth Management in partnership with our friends at the Wheaton Chamber of Commerce here in Wheaton, Illinois. I'm Mark Horner, and together with Vicki Austin, we bring you conversations about what's happening with people right around you. Everyone has a story that goes well beyond their day-to-day life. Stories about their history, their passion, their inspirations. All you have to do is look and ask and maybe listen. These stories may be local, but their reach is far and their themes universal. Welcome to another edition of The Local. With us today is Karen Mills of Ehrenberg. Great to have you with us, Karen. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to see you. I thought it'd be good to kick this off with everybody's favorite attorney joke. Since (laughs) since attorneys are are always uh, always fun to pick on. Anybody got one? I've got one. Okay. Why don't attorneys play hide and seek? No idea. Because no one will look for them. Oh, come on. Attorneys can take it. I have a daughter who's an attorney, so I have to to defend them. (laughs) There are much worse attorney jokes than that, but we can can move on. You've got an incredible academic experience. I do. You you do. You do. Can Can you share that with the group? Sure. So um, I actually was born in Wisconsin, and I lived there until I was two. And my dad's brother married my mom's sister, so um, it's allowed. It's illegal. And brothers married sisters, and so I have seven first cousins that look exactly like my sister and I. (laughs) And so I spent my childhood, we moved to Addison, Illinois, and uh, when I was two. And I spent my childhood, uh, most of it, you know, on weekends in Wisconsin, uh, watching the Packers. And I am a tried-and-true Packers fan. I love the Bears, just not when they play my pack. Right. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, it, we grew up in a home filled with uh, lots of love. Um, money was a little tight. My mom spent 40 years at Elmhurst Hospital and my dad uh, owned a small business in Elmhurst. Mm-hmm. And uh, so certainly familiar with Chambers. And uh, and then when it came time to go to school, there, w- there weren't resources for that. So then um, I started working at a bank and uh, they had a tuition policy. So once you work there a year, they uh, reimburse you 80% of your tuition as long as you get an A or a B. Um, And I graduated college 26 years after I graduated high school. Um, I went into, uh, I was a trust um, officer and I was with Chase for 15 years, kept getting promoted and then went over to BMO uh, and uh, we had bought Harris Bank in the United States, kept getting promoted. Karen, you look so surprised when you say <laughs> Well, and, and I had attorneys working for me and, and uh, you know, and so I started at the College of DuPage uh-huh. and what a great school. And then they're like, you cannot keep coming here, you know, and take one class at a time. And so I ended up at Aurora University. And uh, I finished up and uh, graduated from Aurora University in 2007. That is wonderful. What had you go to law school? Well, ironically, in sixth grade, I was one of the editors of the PAT Press, which was our sixth grade newspaper uh, at Ardmore School in Addison. And I indicated I wanted to be a lawyer when I grew up. Um, and so I've always kind of thought about it. Um, I never really thought it'd take that long. Um, But as, you know, you're raising kids and life, you know, kind of takes over. I got to finish the undergrad first. And then uh, finally, when my youngest was getting ready to go to the University of Iowa, I thought, well, I'll just take the LSAT, see how it goes. Um, I had no idea what was involved. Um, I got into the three schools and I picked Northern because it was about half the cost. So for three years uh, in my late 40s, I drove to DeKalb every day and Mm -hmm. commuted and uh, graduated law school when I was 50. 
Cheers. Thank awesome. you. Thank Absolutely you. awesome. Bonnie Wheaton, the Honorable Bonnie Wheaton, has a similar story, I think, where she... She does. Um, Bonnie and I are friends. You and are, I've known her sure. for a long time, and she's a, a wonderful mentor. And again, it's, uh, you know, if you want it, um, you can have it. You yeah. just, um, maybe you can't have it all today. So when did you start COD after, how long after high school? Um, gosh, it was probably, I graduated high school in 1981. So it was probably the late 80s. Okay. Um, and I was just taking kind of one class at a time. Um, you know, I had become, you know, I got married, I became a mom and it was important to get a good grade. Um, and, uh, especially to get the tuition reimbursement right. <laughs> and, um, and again, one class working full time, raising three kids. And I was always taught, um, really at a very early age, uh, my parents taught my sister and I that you have to be, you have to give back to your community, no matter what you're doing job wise, school wise, um, you need to become involved. And so, um, so I was the booster club president for two years, you know, you just do those things. And, and so one class at a time was pretty manageable. And then I knew that I needed to finish this up because I was on to that next step. So where, did, so how, so how did you start with, so life's moving on, family started, you're working and then, and then what, what happens, what happens when you, when you step back and think, you know, I really want to go, I really want to get college done. Cause I think for a lot of people, once life gets going, that train's left the station. And so hard to go back to hard to go back and do what you did. Well, when you're always taking as a professional one class, you know, every semester, um, it is, it's just kind of part of your regular routine. Um, and I think, you know, my employers were very happy with my performance. I was successful, but it really mattered to me. Um, I needed that piece of paper, not just so much for law school, but for me. Yeah. And um, and then uh, toward the end, I knew that I needed to just finish this up. And so when I um, put in my resignation at BMO, I think everyone thought, oh, we're where are you going now? Are you going to the Northern or something? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, no, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on me. So ironically, I went to Erickson Elementary in Bloomingdale, Illinois, and became a, um, you know, a substitute teacher. Um, I've always thought I might want to be a teacher too. And I thought, well, before I enter into law school, I got to make sure I I really want this, you know? And so for, I was their long-term sub. I never subbed anywhere else. They were wonderful. Um, my last day, the teachers, you know, they had a potluck for me and they, you know, like, should she be a master's in education or go to law school? Oh. And nobody put any money in for law school. <laughs> but what was cool about it is I at that point knew I wanted to go to law school. And um, my first day um, home from law school, I had a beautiful bouquet of flowers oh. um, from the teachers. And so, um, so, you know, so that allowed me then to finish up, you know, a couple more classes at Aurora, which was great. So you left your banking career to go be a teacher. To, to just, I, I wanted to just make sure that that's what I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. And also it was nice because I love kids and I thought I just got to get this out of my system. Um, I thought, you know, I'll be at this school for one day, this school for another day. And I just became their long-term sub. Um, I did special ed, somebody, I was the reading specialist. We had a teacher that had back surgery. I taught fifth grade for three months um, wow. and I, I did it for two years and it was great. I mean, I, I learned so much. Um, and I just, you know, I think being a lawyer is difficult. I mean, teachers are amazing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I asked the, the Carrie O'Brien, who had my job mm-hmm. before me as president of the chamber, and I said, are you ever, you know, do your members ever scare you? She goes, I taught second grade. Nothing scares me. <laughs> I want to know, and this is in, this is a very serious question without, um, I don't want you to feel, uh, 
shy about sharing. You kept getting promoted. Why do you think, and I, no humility here, uh, why do you think you kept getting promoted, Karen? Um, I think I was raised, um, my tremendous work ethic. You know, I work hard. Um, I'm um, honest. I'm kind. I care about others. I mean, I, you know, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. It's about people. People give to people. And so if you're building relationships with your team, with your customers, your clients, your patients, um, I think everything comes back to you. If you invest in your community um, and you find something that you're passionate about and you give back, I think, you know, you're the winner in that. And I think that's probably, I was good at what I did. And, um, you know, I think that um, I had great people that I worked with and um, I was very blessed and very fortunate. Um, but I think that's probably why. And they saw something in you that they could develop. Obviously, yeah. I think so. Yeah, that is so great. <laughs> was there ever a time you turned something down where it wasn't the right fit? Well, when I went and, and decided I was going to leave, um, you know, we were called a trust department before they became wealth management divisions. And I was interviewing after 15 years at Chase. I ended up with five offers um, and uh, five large institutions here. And I, I will remember that one of the um, executive vice presidents came to my daughter's track meet into the bleachers to give me another counteroffer. Wow. <laughs> I did not go to work for him, unfortunately. Um, but I, I thought the job that I was presented with, it wasn't really so much about a salary, but it was a, a, the, the description, what I was going to be able to do for the bank, I felt was very meaningful. You're making me feel bad for starting this <laughs> oh, whole please. thing, telling please. jokes at lo about lawyers. About lawyers. No, that's right. all right. So you, can, you can tell lawyer jokes. I like the one about laying lawyers end-to-end -end under the sea. So that one's pretty Do aggressive. You know yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I wasn't prepared for all that of this. That's pretty aggressive. <laughs> I wonder, um, because I do think we share an experience of women coming into the workforce where there are more opportunities than just being a teacher. Not that being a teacher is uh, a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. But with limited ideas about what we could do and be. How did, how did that, growing up with more expanding opportunities for women, how did that affect you? How did that impact you? Or was it just sort of you were a fish in water and you didn't notice? No, I think... I have always been blessed, I think, just to have courage. It's okay to fail. And you can do so many different things in one lifetime. You know, you, you know, if you want to be a hairdresser, it doesn't mean you have to be a stylist for the rest of your life. And I think that's what I've certainly tried to impart on my children um, and, you know, even on the, the individuals that I, I have an impact on. And I think, you know, just try it. And, and, you know, if it doesn't work out well, then you either keep trying or you switch gears, you know, and go, you know, from something there. So I think that... Um, when I look to, um, you know, one of the questions you had is sent over to take a look at was, you know, who do you look up to? Mm -hmm. um, and I would say, uh, really from sixth grade, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. I mean, here's somebody that's born into wealth, but the family was all about social you know, and giving back to a community and had a lot of personal issues and she rose above it. I think her 
parents passed before she was age 10. And you look at everything she was able to accomplish, Justice Ginsburg, um, and, and not even just her, but her husband. I mean, what an incredible yes. story, you know, too. Again, I think her mom died the day before she graduated high school. Yeah. And then, you you know, you go on to get married and your husband goes to the service and he comes back and you're going to law school and now you're pregnant and then your husband gets cancer. And they, you know, they continue to just follow their instincts. And um, a number of years ago, um, just on a bucket list, I decided I wanted to be admitted to practice law in the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. I will never be in D.C. Uh, so you have to be nominated. You have to get applications filled out. And it was kind of the big thing. And uh, so, you know, we get to um, it, it. It's one of the best experiences I've ever had. And I tell every attorney I run into, do it. You will never regret it. And so that particular day, um, they came out and they were delivering two opinions. And it's it's just a really wonderful experience. It's so impressive. And afterwards- What's that process? How, do you, how does a lawyer do that? So you have to get um, somebody that's already admitted has to nominate you, you know, and you prepare your application. And so the day I was admitted, uh, there were 20 lawyers from all over the country. Um, and so we had breakfast back in like, you know, they're the, where they have breakfast and there's like a garden outside and it was lovely. And then you are ushered into the courtroom and it's actually quite small. And there's these big, huge, heavy velvet robes. And, you know, and they, um, you this know. This is the actual U.S. This, Supreme Court yes, that you're sitting. Yeah, okay. Correct. Yeah. And then, you know, before the justices come out, um, you know, the, the clerk yells, you know, hear ye, hear ye. And he's in tails. And then each of the justices have someone that moves the curtains for them to come through. Wow. And that day, Justice Ginsburg came out in her dissent collar. And then two different justices delivered their opinion. Um, and, uh, and so you get to, if you're at the Supreme Court that day, you can get the opinions um, and they're from the print shop free of charge. And so they're actually in my office uh, on my curio. And then afterwards, um, and then after we were sworn in, Justice Ginsburg came in and spoke with us. And I have a wonderful picture of her and I. And, wow. and I, you know, she could fit in my armpit. Um, <laughs> she's a little. And when she's, when she's, you know, at the bench, I mean, you can hardly see her. Um, but when she speaks, boy, can you hear her? Yes. And I remember what she, one of the first things she said to me was, well, you know, do you have any children? And I said, yes, I have three. And, she, you know, she said, daughters are the best. And her <laughs> daughter makes all her food and freezes it. And she gets to go home at night and she can open her freezer and pick out whatever she'd like for dinner. I mean, it was just, just she's just a normal person. And, but so, Did you come home and tell your yeah. kids, I expect a little dinner in the freezer? That's such a, I was just thinking, of, I was thinking about the normal person comment. One of the jobs that I had uh, in college was driving a limousine for a, a, an individual couple. Uh, so they were a real estate developer. And I was, uh, have I told you this story no. before? <laughs> so the, uh, so I took them to a building dedication. And so drove the limousine and they're doing the golden shovel thing in the, sure. in the, in the dirt. And so taking them, take, there was no food there for them. So when they were, were going home, they were hungry and what they wanted was hot dogs. <laughs> so we stopped at Fluky's hot dog mm -hmm. uh, restaurant on uh, the North side of Chicago. The limo didn't fit through the drive through So I had to park the limo <laughs> in the back of the parking lot and then go in and get the hot dogs. And they like vanilla malts. <laughs> 
So they told me to get me get whatever I wanted. And so we sat there in the back of the Flukies parking lot in the limousine. And I'm, I rem- still remember looking in the rearview mirror at these two sweet, these two sweet people, Harold and Lorraine Anderson, eating their hot dogs on their laps <laughs> and drinking in a limo, their, in a limo <laughs> drinking their milkshakes when 20 minutes earlier they had the gold shovel and, and, mm-hmm. and, and dedicating a, a building. And it's just one, it's one of those experiences in one of the jobs that I had that, that taught me people are people. These were, these were, these were people of remarkable wealth, Uh, but they like hot dogs and milkshakes. (laughs) And so people, so people are, people are, people are people. Yeah. That's a lot of great story. That's incredible. They're they're absolute sweethearts. Absolute. So it ends up being my first day with my wife was with the Andersons. I won't go into that whole, that whole thing, but they, they came to our wedding, but, but again, just, just wonderful, wonderful people, which reminds, so you made a comment earlier just about the, about lessons you learn through different experiences, which I don't think, I don't think gets appreciated enough today that, that, uh, it feels like there's a lot of pressure on young people to have sort of life figured out immediately and not and not uh, not be not be open to the idea that, that that the path will vary and i'll I'll pick up I'll pick up lessons here and there along the stops that I'll make through the different experiences that I'm going to have through my life. That's so true. i um I think I always wonder, you know, people that don't have faith, right? I mean, I'm not, you know, as long as you're kind and nice and loving, those are the most important attributes anyone, everyone should actually have. What a better world this would be. And I think that what I um, have told, and I I don't think I knew this when I was younger, um, but I impart this um, on uh, my younger attorneys, you know, anybody I come into contact with, you can have it all today. You, you can have it all. You just can't have it all today. Mm-hmm. And our society, because of technology, and I, you know, and I think because something is always coming up short, right? It's your marriage. It's your uh, your parents. Your you have you haven't seen your friends. Um, it's your employer. You're just we're so hard on ourselves. And, um, you know, sometimes you just need to take a step back and, you know, you know, ideally maybe graduating, you know, college 20 something years after high school is not (laughs) ideal. But again, I think you can have it all. It just you have to just be patient and wait and, and make sure you're recognizing along the way what your blessings are and focus on what's truly important. I love it. I love it. Something else you said about being six years old and saying you wanted to be an attorney. We, we've we had another guest recently who mentioned that um, he did some artwork at five, I think Bob Hutchinson he said, did. from the Bank of Trust, and his mother framed it. And he said that planted the seed, and he is now a, a fabulous artist on the wow. side, right? Okay. Um, but it, it plants that seed, and I think we we don't know how much that support and that encouragement can encourage even young, young children. Absolutely. So Karen, you have a track record of patience and playing the long game. Can you tell us a little (laughs) bit about how you've done that with your eye on the prize for, for college that took longer than the average, but here you are. Tell us about your ability to see the long term. Well, I don't think, you know, when you're going through it, you're thinking it's going to take that long. <laughs> I'll be quite honest with you. 
I never thought, I, I told my kids, you know, at my law school graduation, I'm like, okay, the average age of my classes, you know, is 25. I mean, I, my, my uh, professor, David Taylor, was my competitive uh, trial ad professor. And so you have, to, you have to try out. And so here's myself and three classmates, these three male 25-year-olds, <laughs> and we go to Widener Law School in Delaware for like a week. And we're competing against the Harvards and the Yales, and everyone thinks I'm a judge. <laughs> and uh, you know, and and you know, these and they're three great guys. We're good friends. But I had told my kids, you know, when you come to graduation, um, a lot of my professors are younger than me, and you know, and, and it was and it worked out. I mean, it was I can't say enough about my law school experience. It was. Um, you know, you always find some people that maybe are a little too competitive, but for the most part, everyone, there's a job, everyone's got their dream job, everybody was supportive, oh. um, and we all just really hung in there together, and whatever you need, and it was just really, really great, and I would say the same with my professors. So to get there took a little longer, you know, than I thought, and I think when you're going through it, and you're working, and you're engaged um, in your in your profession, it's not a job, it's a passion. Yeah. You're loving what you're doing. Um, you're enjoying your team and you're coming home and three kids are involved in so many different activities and, and, uh, and you're just, you're just kind of plodding through life, right? It's just like, you know, and you know, and you're taking a class, you know, maybe one night a week, maybe two nights a week and you're getting your homework done and, you know, and somehow you blink and it's like, okay, my baby's going to college. How did this happen? <laughs> and I'm like, well, maybe I could do something that I've really wanted to do, which is finish my degree and, and move forward. So I think that um, you're very kind to say that I'm patient. I think when you're going through it, you don't think it's an exercise in patience. It's just like you're living life and um, and you're just busy with so many great things. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, you're on to the next thing. But when you look back, it's like, oh, it would have been great if I just went to Notre Dame initially. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was perfect, just the way it played out. I've heard some stories from some military people. So the, the Navy SEALs, a couple that I've got to know there that have talked about accomplishing big things, how they think how they think about it, which I'm hearing you describe it in a very similar way is so like buds training when they go to when they go to mm -hmm. training, like if they go into those experiences thinking, I got six weeks mm -hmm. in order to in order to get through that, those are the people that are dropping out. That instead they break it down into mm -hmm. I just need to do this mm -hmm. over the over like the next five minutes. They they talked about breaking it down like that. Wow. Into into in and that makes that makes achieving things much easier to do and, and not getting not not allowing yourself to get overwhelmed with the enormity sure. of of uh, of the task of the task in front of you. I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing you express thinking in a similar way. And I don't know if it was an actual thought at the time. Again, I think, you know, when you you know, you think about your younger self, I do remember, you know, you become exhausted, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I would fall asleep and I might wake up with my laptop imprinted in the side of my face, right. you know, and it's right. like, and so, and we, we always had a rule, we would eat when the last one got home. So, and we, I cook dinner. And so sometimes it's nine o'clock, right? I mean, especially when my kids were older, they were involved in all sorts of things. And, you know, you want to facilitate that and encourage that. Mm -hmm. um, but we always had to talk about, you know, uh, everybody's day. I mean, and now my children are doing it with my grandchildren, which is just, you know, really mm, wonderful, yeah. you know, to hear about. But I think that, um, you know, you're, you know, you just, uh, I do remember there were many times when, you know, you're trying to say, well, I haven't seen this friend or I got to call mom or I got to call dad or I got and it, it and you 
create this tremendous pressure. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 60 this year. So that's one of the nice benefits is that's one thing I've definitely learned. And I really do try to impart on younger people is you're going to have a great life. I mean, I've had an unbelievably awesome life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you can have it all, but you're going to just have to not just try to be a little bit kinder to yourself um, because, you know, you can't be a great mom and be a great wife and be a great employee and look fantastic and and take care of your parents and your family and friends and and just have fun all the time. It's, you know, something has to give and it's okay um, because, you know, maybe tomorrow it's going to be, you know, your day. (laughs) I can only imagine how proud your kids were when you walked across the stage. Did you walk for graduation? I I did. I did walk for for graduation. They must have been cheering from the crowd. They were were pretty impressive. Um, Yeah, I think they were. And they were like, in the, the reception afterwards, you know, a lot of my professors were speaking with them, you know, because they had heard about the kids and they were like, and, and my classmates as well. And I mean, there was no one. I think the the person that was closest in age to me was my friend Gary, who was like 33. Right. Um, I mean, there was, you know, this is a full time day program. Right. And, um, you know, they were just uh, and they were like, you weren't kidding. You are so old. <laughs> But no, they were very proud. <laughs> what a great example to your kids, though, of lifelong learning. And and again, you mentioned early earlier in our conversation about faith. You know, just mm-hmm. having faith that you put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, and just that's uh, that's it. <laughs> Sounds like you were a minor celebrity at graduation. <laughs> I think so. I, I wouldn't maybe go that far. I, <laughs> I'm sure there were a lot of uh, my classmates that were like, "Oh my gosh, it's like you know going to law school with my mother." <laughs> in fact, I had uh, in one of my classes, um, I took health law my last year, my 3L year, and the gentleman that sat next to me, um, who is is a wonderful lawyer, and who lives in DuPage County, <laughs> and I remember at some point he's like are you Ryan's mom? And I said, he go, and he shows me a picture and he goes, this is your son, right? And I said, yes. And he goes, I used to work out at, in high school with him. <laughs> and so immediately, as soon as class starts, our professor walks in and he goes, I'm the same age as Ryan. Or it's Karen's son. We used to work out together. <laughs> You're like, thanks for that. And so, of course, then I put them in touch. And, of course, you know, he and I have stayed in touch. And it was, you know, it's, really, really pretty hilarious. It's great. <laughs> well, there's no there's no cap for learning, right? There's no age cap for learning. Amen to that. Amen. Tell us about your team. Tell us about the Ehrenberg Golgan uh, team here in Wheaton, because we know you are a, a not you personally, of course, you're fabulously young, but the, the firm is very old, over 100 years old. Is that correct? Yeah. What had them decide to, what had you all decide to plant uh, an office here in Wheaton, um, close to the DuPage County Courthouse? And, uh, and how, how does that figure into the business plans of the firm? Sure. So um, I know the chamber's over 100 years old, and yes. Ehrenberg's got... And we look fabulous, <laughs> don't we, for, you do, for you that? Do. We look fabulous for 100. You're very fresh and lively. <laughs> yes. and, well uh, and so when, you know, our firm is 130 years old, and um, and we practice, uh, we have, you know, if you look at our website, we really, you know, are in all areas. Uh, we do not practice criminal law. Um, but, you know, I we have, we're probably a middle-sized uh, Chicago law firm. And I think what they realized is that, you know, uh, you know, just like most of us, and this was pre-pandemic that this was discussed and, and kind of planned out, was that, you know, people don't want to spend hours getting to work. We have clients everywhere, um, not just in downtown Chicago. 
Chicago. And, you know, so what maybe makes the most sense? And I also think the firm has a a tremendous concern about community. Well, it becomes, you know, very difficult um, if you are in Chicago. How do you really participate fully and make it a meaningful participation, for example, with the DuPage County Bar? You know, you've got a very large number of attorneys that live and work in DuPage. It's a wonderful organization. And yet, how are you going to be doing that from such a distance? And um, and so plans were put in place. Um, obviously, the pandemic hit, so it just took a little bit longer than we thought. But it's very important to really, um, and I was hired to put that, in, you know, make our imprint in DuPage County. Um, they certainly knew that I had lived and worked in DuPage County, you know, most of my life. And, um, and so... I found our space and and, uh, started to put our team together. And you you know, because we did a ribbon cutting a little later than normal, because by the time we cut the ribbon after the pandemic, we had already moved. Um, Because you outgrew your space? Yes, we were. Yes. So we have the second and the first floor. Oh, that's great, Karen. So we're we're very, very busy. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, and you do have that, the gravitas of having been in DuPage. I was going to actually ask you about your bar activities because... um, uh, Azam Nizamuddin mm-hmm. is sure. a friend and was editor of the Law Journal, mm-hmm. the DuPage uh, the Bar brief. Journal. Brief. Mm-hmm. The Brief, yes. And so I read about you. I knew about you uh, before I even met you. I oh, my gosh. Okay. wonderful articles about you, and you are a, a prolific speaker as well. I, I, do a, I, I do a lot of teaching, uh, not only to lawyers, but um, to community groups, um, you know, several months ago, I spoke to 200 seniors in uh, Naperville at their community center. Um, what topic? Uh, we talked about um, all sorts of things, but it was really more on how they can protect themselves. Mm-hmm. I had worked with the attorney general's office quite closely and adult protective services with regard to scams, things that mm-hmm. come up, um, you know, what documents they need to protect themselves, you know, if they became ill once they pass and so forth. And um, uh, the police chief was wonderful um, and a very they were at capacity and uh, you know we're here to be a helper of to those in our community and it was it was great fun and really great questions and uh, and so very pleased uh, pleased to do that um, I'm the second vice president for the DuPage bar um, I had initially um, I won an election and and uh, so I'm edging my way up to that um, <laughs> but I actually started out I was asked to present um, to the estate planning and probate section um, and so I was you know giving a CLE to other attorneys and then they said, well, could you help out with this committee and that committee? And um, quite frankly, I fell in love with the organization. Yes. Um, it's, they're just really nice, hardworking people. And uh, and we all just try to help each other. And um, it's, uh, it's a ton of fun. Um, and I, I learn from uh, my colleagues every day. So are you working with end clients in your in your day-to-day work? This, or, or are you, it sounds like maybe more of a, a, a managerial leadership role within the firm. Um, I'm very busy. Um, yes, yes, you are. Yes, and, and yes, so I will say that, um, you know, I, I would never not work with clients. Um, that is, it is such a privilege um, to be invited into uh, someone's life. They come to us because they have an issue, a concern, a problem. And uh, I think, I think 
my entire team. I know they feel very blessed to be able to help that person, calm that person in a situation and, and try to solve it to the best of our ability. Um, our group in DuPage focuses primarily on estate planning, long-term care planning, special needs planning. And then the other half of the week, we're really um, dealing with, um, I call it kind of a family divorce, estates, trust, uh, guardianships. Um, and I always say, if you can't find me, I'm usually on Roosevelt Road. Uh, I'm in Cook County, DuPage, or Kane. We practice in most counties. Um, but um, so I, I, wear, I do wear both hats, um, but I meet with clients um, almost every day. But not if you're a criminal. That's what we <laughs> That's heard, correct. right? That's, not if that, you're a criminal. Well, and, and a lot of times it comes up, but I got to tell you, we have some wonderful criminal defense attorneys um, that are part of the Bar Association. Mm -hmm, and I, and I, I don't, you know, and that's the wonderful thing. You get connected with other people mm -hmm. and people give to people and I don't want to leave anybody hanging. We want to try to solve their problem. Mm -hmm. Have you ever wanted to be a judge? Um, I've thought about it, um, and so uh, I'm not. I'm really busy right now, but um, I wouldn't say you know it, it might be in the works at some point. That sounded like a political, a political, <laughs> a political answer. That sounded like a closet. Absolutely. You know, it's. I'm. I get bored very easily. In fact, I'm gonna. I think uh, I just pulled the paperwork to sign up to become a. I'm an arbitrator, and I'm a guardian ad litem in DuPage County. But I'm gonna go to Northwestern and uh, get certified in mediation. I'm. I need a little more something, and. Uh, but I. So my oldest is 37. He is a, a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, and. Uh, so he's retiring maybe at 42, right? And he's, so he thinks that we should write a book together and then, wow. you know, and go on tour to that's, different bases throughout the country. So that's wow. what, yeah. Great wow. idea. So what topic would the let, book cover? Well, he feels, you know, he would probably cover more of the financial piece and mm -hmm. then he would want me to cover more of the legal, the estate planning piece and so forth because he sees, he went to the Air Force Academy undergrad and he's intelligence and is classified and he sees a lot of younger people, you know, go off and they don't really have the financial acumen. They don't really know what they need. And, and so he, you know, we've kind of, that just came up recently. And then, um, you know, the other ideas to maybe, you know, work with law schools, come up with something to teach lawyers how to uh, develop a book of business. Mm -hmm. um, when you graduate law school, you don't really know how to be a lawyer. I know, and, that's uh, shocking yeah. <laughs> to me. Well, in all of the professions, because mm -hmm. as a coach, I work with dentists. Mm -hmm. They're not taught how to build a practice. Mm -hmm. um, accountants, they're, sure. they know their numbers, but they're not necessarily business developers and, and attorneys. So, yeah, uh, yeah there's a, a huge. So we, we just want to go on the record, right, Mark, that we support the book tour idea. Yes, we do. <laughs> and we will support you all the way and help publicize it. <laughs> Thank you. So a combination of financial literacy and, and how to grow a business. How to grow a business, how to um, make sure that, you know, when you, you know, you are starting a family, what kind of documents do you need? Um, I, you know, I see it all the time. People, you know, most people think they're going to die eventually. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to talk about disability. And we're living so much longer than we used to. And unfortunately, all too often in our office, people come in and they don't have cognition. And I, you know, I go see judge, you know, the judge and that's okay. They're really great. They're going to make a good decision, but it's, um, it could have been prevented if the yeah. documents were in place. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I don't think growing a business is, uh, is appreciated near to the extent that it, that it should be. I just had a conversation this morning with somebody who may, we, we've, we've had nice, we've had nice growth here, mm -hmm. uh, at our at our firm and somebody made a made a complimentary comment that basically implied well 
that's just because you do what you you do what you do and and people find you. And I asked it was a phone conversation, so I asked the person on the other end of the line how old he was. And he said, I'm 24. And I said, well, I'm 53. And so with a, a different, different set of experiences, let me just tell you that business development doesn't just happen like that for anybody. Uh, and that you don't just roll into work one day and there's a busload of clients waiting for you. <laughs> right. It's, right. La- it's laughable. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's laughable. But yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the building of a business, the marketing mm-hmm. of whatever the it momentum. is, the, mm-hmm. the product or service that you're delivering, uh, how, how you actually get clients, uh, I, I just don't, I don't think it's taught at that nitty gritty level. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a need. Absolutely. <laughs> so stay tuned. I'm not sure what's next, but love what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, we're in this two years and uh, and we're busy and it's just, uh, we're just so blessed and happy. And we just keep, you know, hitting it hard. And, uh, and I think that, um, and again, for us, and I think for my team in particular, we feel so fortunate. Uh, we have the best clients. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have such nice clients. So it's. I think that's a reflection of who you are as well. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, and the, the the work that you attract, right? The people that you attract. So you like to grow other things in your free time, I think. Well, I, um, <laughs> I as far as hobbies, um, right. the half marathon runner. Um, and uh, so rock and roll has half marathons throughout the United States. It's a great way to hear music every mile and get a little exercise. And so it's nice to get home. Put on your tunes and you run until you are decompressed and then you go in and cook dinner. <laughs> and when my kids were little, they would ride their bikes, rollerblade. They're, they're all, they'd, come they, along. they'd come along and then eventually they started running faster than I. And I said, well, you're going to get home first. You start dinner. <laughs> and that we call the circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> And do some of the items in dinner come from a garden out back? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And so, and and my kids have gardens, and that really started with my mom and dad and Addison. Um, you know, they we had a garden growing up, and um, and used uh, the fruits of our labor in uh, either our meals or desserts and so forth. And and again, it's uh, it's amazing that you can actually get a green thumb and grow. It's really not that difficult, which is really fun. <laughs> so one of the dessert items that I saw that you make really struck mm-hmm. a chord for me. So strawberry rhubarb. Yes. That was one of my favorite things to eat that my grandmother would made, make from her rhubarb yeah. out back. It started with my grandma and then my mom. And here's the thing about rhubarb. It really never dies. It comes back every year and it's bigger. And so you do have a lot of rhubarb. <laughs> so if you want to start with something, I would highly recommend that. <laughs> so how do you like to make your strawberry rhubarb pie? Yeah. So I don't make it anymore. No, you don't, no, well, when you did. Yeah, when I did. So we, you make it on the stove. You know, you've yeah. got to cook everything and then before you pour it and then you bake it. And um, it was really, uh, my sister does more of the baking and cooking. Uh, I just have one sister and we're very close. And so she lives up in Woodstock and because I've got such a heavy job, she's pretty good to me. So, oh, um, <laughs> but we have a lot of, in fact, for Christmas this year, I took one of my mom's recipes, um, which is our breakfast uh, casserole every morning. We, we always spend the night together with our respective families and we all wake up Christmas morning together. And so I took the recipe and I had uh, someone on Etsy uh, put it on a plate for my, oh, my daughters, my daughter-in-law, my sister and my niece. And uh, so, yeah. Great. yeah was, well, we look forward to receiving uh, samples <laughs> of your strawberry rhubarb pie, don't we, Mark? Indeed we do. Indeed we do. I will let my sister know. (laughs) Outsource. We're all for outsourcing. 
So what was the process like when your son was thinking about going into the, the military academy? So he, he eventually went to the Air Force Academy? He did. So um, When did he start thinking about that? Well, it was interesting. So um, I, I had been actually in uh, South America on business, and I met a couple there that we remained friends. And they said, "Can you? Um, would you like to come down to South Bend to see a Notre Dame game? And we're like, sure. Beautiful fall day. I get, and, you know, my, my first new car in my entire life was the Ford Windstar minivan. Whoever would have thought that would have been it, right? So I'm in the van. I've got all three kids in the car. We go down, and they just happen to be playing. Now, keep in mind, I've never been to a college, right? I've been to COD. So now I'm at you know, the infamous Notre Dame. Right. It's a beautiful fall day. I'm like, well, all three of you guys need to come here. This is beautiful. <laughs> and it turns out they're playing the Air Force Academy. And so uh, Ryan, uh, my son is in eighth grade and my daughter's, you know, a couple years younger. And sure enough, um, out come, you know, uh, the uh, Falcons and here come the Irishmen. And I'm like, well, I don't even know if I'll be able to open my eyes during this game because they're so huge and they're so little. <laughs> well, what was really cool about it is um, the, uh, that game went into triple overtime and uh, I, uh, Notre Dame won by three. Wow. So I'm driving back to Carol Stream, and the girls are sleeping in the van and Ryan is sitting up front, you know, next to me. And he says, you know, mom, when I go to college, I'm going to the Air Force Academy. And I'm like, oh, sure you are. <laughs> I said, well, you'd need a congressional appointment. I explained to him, you know, kind of what that was. Um, and I will tell you, he never looked back. Um, and Congressman Hyde uh, appointed him. Uh, and the, the most wonderful thing about Ryan is he, um, and I don't want to get emotional, but he loves our country oh. and he loves all branches of the service. And so he went to the academy and uh, he graduated uh, very high up and he went straight to intel school. He always wanted intelligence and he's now a lieutenant colonel and he's been all over the world. And some places we visit, some places we don't. Right, Some places you probably can't. And he's deployed. He was deployed twice. Um, and the second deployment he volunteered for um, and you know I and I'm like you know why are you volunteering for this and you know and that's difficult but I think the one thing that kept us through it was uh, we had our faith but we knew that he was doing what he loved so yeah, much you know yeah. and I'm just I couldn't be prouder and he's just he's amazing and it's a as Ryan would say the Air Force Academy any of the military schools are wonderful places to be from <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily to go through it yes. right oh that is and maybe that's why his sisters went to Iowa <laughs> Well, it's very moving to hear you speak of that. Please thank him for us, for his service. I will. Thank you. Thank and he's going to be just a sweet young thing when he graduates. I mean, when he retires. Well, and it, who knows if he'll retire. I mean, yeah. you know, he's, uh, yeah, but he's doing great things. And uh, and he's got three little girls and I have a wonderful daughter-in-law. And it's, it's uh, we're, you know, again, really, really blessed. And then that's his passion. So does he have any stories that he's told from the Air Force Academy? that contribute to the idea that it's great to be from there. I've heard some stories that like you're not addressed by your name for the first year. Well, or you know, so it's interesting and it's very difficult as a parent. And I would even imagine today it would be worse because this is back in the day you had a cell phone, but you didn't have really, you know, a lot of technology. And so, you know, you, you, you drop them off for, you know, you either get through, you know, th you know, six weeks of right, orientation. And if you don't make it, well, you're bye-bye. So we held a spot for him at U of I because 
all three of my kids got into U of I and nobody went there. But, <laughs> you know, so you drop them off and, you know, he, he brings a backpack, but they immediately, they take your cell phone. Um, they take away your glasses. There's no contacts. They give him, everyone has the same pair of, uh, they call them BCG glasses, birth control glasses. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, and then, you know, you spend three weeks learning to march and shine your stuff and uh, yada, yada, yada. And then you spend three weeks outside, you know, and so, um, you know, you get dropped and you have a parachute and you're out in the elements. And I think he ate all his granola bars in the first two hours. And then it's on you, you know, so it's, it's different. But, you know, I knew we were in trouble because they take pictures. So you don't speak to your son or daughter for six weeks. So you write a letter and you got to be careful when you write the letter because one of the upperclassmen will open it and read it maybe in front of everyone. So um, you don't want to be too, you know, but you're, you know, it's difficult. And so one of the pictures they had posted on the website for the academy um, is my son with these crazy glasses on and he's in like all this mud in his camo and he looks like he should be on the front of GQ magazine. (laughs) I knew he would be fine. He was eating it up. Uh, he he understands that it's a, a, a good uh, experiment in leadership. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you make the most of it and you keep your eye on the prize. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amen, Vicki, to thank, thank your son thank for, you. us, for us all. Yeah, I sure yeah. will. Thanks. Tremend, tremendous service. It's hard for a mom, too. It's, you it know, is. These are our... These are our boys. I know. And my, and my daughters would say, oh, he's mom's favorite because when he went away, you know, the oldest leaves, I think I probably would come back from my run after work and lay on his bed. And I was sad for probably the first six weeks. And then at Iowa, I really, I was, okay, we'll see you at Thanksgiving. <laughs> And then with my youngest, I was like, you know, Alex, you could actually get Thanksgiving in Iowa. (laughs) No, I didn't really say that. (laughs) So the law firm's over 100 years old, but relatively new to DuPage County. You're already outgrowing. You're already outgrowing your space. You're growing like growing like crazy. What do you what do you think the the firm's going to look like in DuPage County 10 years from now? I'd like to think that we certainly are, you know, continue to grow. Um, and to me, it's it's more about, you know, the nice thing about uh, we, you know, whether you're working remotely, having my partners in Chicago, I mean, the one thing and one of the reasons I chose Ehrenberg is that I literally could pick up my phone this afternoon and call any one of these folks and say, can you help with this? What about this? I mean, they're just... It, it, everyone kind of has that same heart, that same compass. You know, they're family-oriented. They care about one another. And if they don't know, they will find me someone that knows. Mm-hmm. And so we're really a team, even though we're a large team. And so my hope, you know, I think for the future for Ehrenberg, would we would certainly be um, expanding. Um, we definitely need uh, some additional help right now. Um, you know, and I don't know that I want to necessarily get so much bigger. Um, I think sometimes that changes, mm-hmm. you know, what you're able to do with your with your clients. Um, what's most important is we keep up that same uh, service um, and, you know, that personal touch with our clients, because I think that's very important to our team. I also um, are, uh, I would think, continued leadership within the bar organization. Um, my litigation paralegal, Lori Seacom, is the past section chair of the paralegal section. Uh, Joni Hogan, uh, our estate planning paralegal, is the vice chair. Um, my partner, uh, John Chicota, will be president of the Chicago Bar Association the same year I'm the president of the DuPage Bar Association. Oh, so great. I don't know that that's ever happened before. Yeah. Um, 
in any firm, and it certainly has never happened in in our firm. Um, one of the things our team does is we give back to the community. So every quarter we have a an event planned. We all have input into it. It's a great way for us to do something, help others within DuPage County, and then um, spend time together and break bread and get to know one another. So um, this uh, quarter we're uh, working on, we'll go to the convalescence center and bring in pizzas um, and some goodies and just sit and visit uh, with the residents. You know, it's our county home and, and these are really important people. So we're, I know we're all looking, you know, forward to that. So just, I think to just expand our footprint and um, assist in the county, you know, with uh, volunteerism and giving back to the community. And of course, continuing to grow our practice and I think get the Ehrenberg name um, you know that's a new name to it the county new. and mm-hmm. uh, you know people you know know Karen Mills mm-hmm. but again uh, I, I think it's it's we're, we're moving um, and it'll be nice and in two years um, I think everyone will know Ehrenberg. They were very lucky to have you. Well thank you. Yeah it's very lucky. <laughs> Once again, those feelings of feeling badly for my behavior at the beginning of this are, are, are cropping up. So. I have a few financial planner jokes. I'm, Do you want to hear yeah, those? No, I deserve them. I, des- I deserve that. You know, but. it's interesting that you say that because I was the, um, I, when I was at uh, Chase, you had to, uh, you know, you were, it was encouraged that you, again, you always give back to the community. So I met with a different number of organizations in Wheaton and I joined the Carroll Stream Rotary Club. And, um, and so, you know, one of the things, and so I was the only female, and so you've got to rally this group of crazy men every Tuesday. <laughs> and, and, you know, so we have a speaker, and then we have a meal. And so I would usually that year, um, I was president, I was the first uh, female president, I actually would always start off with a joke. And when you're ready to tell a joke, then everybody kind of zips it and they want to hear and they want to hear the punchline. So it worked really well. And <laughs> I may have thrown a couple lawyer jokes in in my, in my year because I wasn't a lawyer. You then. were a banker. <laughs> That's right. Now you can throw in banker jokes. Yes. You're I a good to- sport for letting me off the hook like that. Thank you, Karen. I wanted to ask you if you could speak, you've, you've, we've talked about the bar association. When I was coaching people, I would ask, what association do you belong to? Mm -hmm. Typically, you know, aligned with their profession. And I couldn't believe how many people said, what do you mean? Like my homeowners association, what Mm -hmm. are you talking about? Could you talk about the power of a professional association in not only in terms of your practice, Mm -hmm. but in terms of your development? As, a, sure. as a, an attorney, as a professional. So, um, you, you know, I'm a member of the Illinois State Bar Association. And you come out of law school and everybody wants you to join their bar. And they, you know, after your first year, then you've got to write a check with it. Um, and so I, you know, really decided, you know, DuPage is my home. This is where I'm practicing. And, um, you know, again, you have to make an effort and get involved. So one of the great benefits, so I joined the estate uh, planning and probate section. And so with that, you're, you know, getting your uh, continuing legal education credit. And one of the nice things is when I initially started, our uh, CLEs were at the courthouse in the Attorney Resource Center. So you're seeing a lot of the same attorneys that do the same kind of work that you do month after month. And, um, and then you're getting to meet other people who are presenting to you. And then 
pretty soon that builds and you find, um, you know, they do uh, what we call an unwind, uh, usually once a month. And we sponsor, you know, uh, you know, an event where people, we just did this with the Fox Valley uh, CPA Society over in Glen Ellen, um, I think it was two weeks ago. And you come and you meet all different people. And, and you know, and again, people kind of give to people and you're like, oh yeah, I saw you at this or I saw, or we, you know, we're raising money for legal aid this month. And, uh, and pretty soon you have really a family within a family and uh and it's nice because then you see somebody you know and they're against you in a case and you see when you practice that kind of law you see a lot of the same people over and over again and it really makes a difference um in the outcome of the case um sometimes um actually a lot of times how that case is going to be conducted and um and then you know you also get known as kind of a lawyer's lawyer you know people know this is really your area and your niche and likewise i have a case it's not something I can take. I have a conflict or this really isn't my area, but I know this is your area. Um, and it's nice to be able to, you know, reach out and know again, that the person that came to you for advice has, we have a plan for that, you know, for that person. Um, and it's great fun. That's great. Thank you. Karen Mills, so great to have you with us. Well, thank you again for inviting me. It was a a pleasure to be here and I really appreciate you reaching out. Thank you for being part of the chamber. We're delighted to have you as a member. Well, that's it. Another episode of The Local in the can. Thanks for joining us. If you have any story ideas or comments, drop us a note at fairhavenwealth.com and be sure to subscribe, review, and rate us on your favorite platform. I'm Mark Horner, and I hope you'll join us next time when we cut another episode of The Local. The Local.